Hello and welcome to Back of the Net and Beyond, where today I'm going to be speaking to former athlete and former ex-teammate Trevor Benjamin, who played for Leicester City, Crystal Palace, Norwich, England under-21s and the full Jamaican international team. How are you doing, Trevor? You okay? Yeah, yeah I'm good, DT. I'm good. All good. How's, life treating you? How's life treating you at the moment? Yeah, life's good. Life's good. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, with what's going on, but it's still good anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's about obviously just being positive and just being proactive and adapting to the situation. But I think the kind of leading towards uh, slight changes and like eases in the lockdown and things like that. Um, and at least the weather's nice anyway, which obviously helps. Um, in terms of uh, what, like, what you're doing now, like, what's occupying your time now in terms of day-to-day -day work? Um, now, at a minute, um, we run a, um, a football academy and we do um, summer coaching courses okay. for um, kids from uh, five-year-olds to 12-year-olds. Okay, nice. And how long have you been doing that for? We've been going about we've been going about two years now. Do you know what I mean? Me and um, hold on. Mm -hmm. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Right. My kids, my kids are just ramping up the place. Do you know what I mean? Oh no worries. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So I've been going about uh, about two years now. Mm -hmm. But as well as that, we we run a maintenance company. Do you I mean, so a clean and maintenance company, so we've been going quite a while. Nice. So you're obviously quite busy then. Obviously, you've got two completely different companies uh, in different sectors. So you must obviously have uh, a lot of time occupied by doing those things. Oh, totally, mate. Totally. That's, that's probably kind of what's kept me going, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, after the transition from one thing to another, it's like a difficult place to be. Do you know what I mean? We'll yeah, touch on that anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, for me, the message is, uh, as I mentioned to you before, um, it's about making people aware that former athletes, athletes, sports people in general, they've got those transferable skills which are suited to other industries, um, and not many of them are aware of that. Um, mm. And I think that hinders making the transition uh, into another career. Um, and again, as I mentioned before as well, like there's industry leaders and organisations and companies out there who probably just see sports people as just that. They're just sports people. And they don't realise that they can be uh, a useful kind of integration into their companies. Um, I mean, did you, when, when it came to kind of you going about uh, sorting these, like starting these companies out, how did you find that process? Was it did you draw on experience from other people who have maybe done the same thing, or were you just kind of learning yeah, um, way? Yeah, I think I drew it from. Yeah, I, I think you're right, mate. I, I it was a lot of learning on the way because I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to um, do the accounting side. I didn't know how to do a lot of stuff on that or the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, but um, 
when I was playing at Peterborough, that's when, that's when I, we first started as a family-run business. Um, when I was at Peterborough, um, I had to go in and like clean, clean, um, clean like um, uh, apartments or clean a, a, a building. Mm. Um, what happened was an, a, one of the staff let us down because they were ill and what have you, which is fine, happens. Mm. Um, so we never had no one else to go in and do it. So I had to go in and do it myself. So I, I went training. Mm. After training, I went straight to there and like started cleaning the, uh, someone's desk and someone was working at the time. Really? And he's a fan. And he's oh, called, wow. Trev. He's like, look at me. He's like, is that you, Trevor Benjamin? Like that? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I am. He's like, you're Trevor Benjamin. You're my biggest fan. And like, you're cleaning my desk. Do you know what I mean? I said, look, you have to do what you have to do. Do you know what I mean? That's it. I mean, that's commendable because obviously it's a situation where that can go either way. You can look at that and think, well, this guy obviously sees me playing like week in, week out. He's just said, I'm his biggest fan and I'm there cleaning his desk. And you could have gone the other way where you thought, this ain't for me. So how, how did it make you feel at the time, obviously? Because that's like a one in a million circumstance. That, that could have been anyone. You could have been just cleaning anyone's desk and they may not have known who you are. You've gone and you cleaned someone's desk who obviously knows you. Exactly, you exactly. How did it make yeah, you feel? Yeah, no, exactly. And that, that's what... Um, I, I was fine. Do you know what I mean? I was happy with that. I'm, I'm, I've kind of had a mindset of I'm going to prepare to come out of football. Mm. But you still don't prepare you for what when, when you're out of it, though. Do you know what I mean? Because you still go through, like, the depression. You still go through the, the, the day-to-day of not getting that banter, the laughs, mm. the jokes, the... You know what I mean? You, it's yeah. the same. If you come yeah. out of football, but you've still got to adjust to life and say, hold on a minute, there's, there's something better out there for us. Mm. Well, that's it. I mean, again, everyone's experience is different. Mine, I said, I was speaking to someone the other day, speaking about what I'm doing at the moment. And I said, look, there's no right or wrong because everyone's different. My transition was seamless. So for me, I, 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 can't, I can't say I've suffered mm. from any form of depression or um, kind of anxiety or I never really looked at it as kind of well I'm not playing football anymore what am I going to do next it was a case of right I, I probably know probably 23 24 maybe around the time when we were at Leicester together and I was kind of thinking look yeah. if things don't go my way from a financial perspective I'm probably going to have to work and when I drum that my, when I drum that into myself enough times I think that mentally prepared me going forward um, and obviously I left Leicester and played for various different teams. And then I ended up playing in Iceland, came over after, like, came back over to England after playing over there. And I was on a high because we'd won the league. I'd probably say the standard was bottom end championship, top end league one. So it's a decent standard and every team was a passing team. So for me, that suited my game perfectly. Um, and then I was playing Europa League qualifiers as well. Yeah. And then I came back over here and I was thinking... Surely I can, I can get a club, and it just didn't happen. I was ringing around clubs. Obviously, I couldn't, I couldn't play in the league because um, the permutations didn't allow me to. But I could still play non league, which again would have been a half decent level. And people just wanted me to go in on trial and stuff. And I just mm. thought, you know what? I, I've, I've been through that. I'm like 31 at that stage. Um, so I, I had a bit of a rest because I played a full season in England, and then I went straight over there and played like I don't know 20 games or whatever it was. So I was mentally and physically tired. Um, and then I just applied for a job and then I got an interview, had a second mm. interview at the same company and then got offered the position. So 
I've never experienced that rejection or whatever. So it was kind of out of football and then straight into that. Um, and that is not always the same for, mm. for every athlete. And I, I can I can resonate with that just because I know people have told me different scenarios like like your one. Um, and it seems like, yeah. contrary yeah. to what I'm saying, you were prepared to lead the game. And whilst you were playing, you kind of made the steps into that transition period. So I'm assuming that kind of made things slightly easier for yourself. Definitely. Made it a lot easier because I was preparing myself uh, while I was playing, where mm. a lot of players don't prepare themselves when they're not playing mm. or while they're playing. And when they finish coming out of it, they you see them going to like the, the, the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Because they're not sure what to do, how to handle it, like you're saying, how to go to interviews, how to be interviewed, how to, do you know what I mean? Conduct yeah. themselves. Normally we conduct them each other. We're on a, we're a different language. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. talk a different language to everyone else yeah. as footballers. But you can't really do that in, like, in life. Do you know what I mean? So we have to change yeah. the way we speak. That's it. I mean, I was speaking again to someone else the other day. Um, I was literally saying the same thing, like football banner, dressing room banner. Uh, you can't bring that into the office. It just ain't going to work. Um, you wouldn't last five minutes. Um, so, I mean, I was prepared for that yeah. anyway. But even to this day, like certain things that you would normally say or do in and around the dressing room or in and around teammates, it just ain't happening in like general day-to-day -day life. Um, and nah, no obviously way. you've experienced the same thing. Like you said, you went into an office, the first one you have to do yourself and you're teen in the fan's office, cleaning his desk. So um obviously you've come across similar scenarios. Yeah. Um I mentioned yeah. at the start Trev So no, no, totally, I totally agree. Mm, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say I mentioned at the start, um obviously I know you personally, so I know most of the teams that you played for. You you played for loads of teams. Um, and I've mentioned a few at the start, but there's probably another 10, 15 that I could mention, as you know. Um, and you had a pretty decent career. Um, obviously, we met at Leicester and obviously we went our separate ways when I left and whatever else. Um, in terms of kind of the clubs that you played for, uh, whether it be Leicester, Peterborough, Northampton, Rushton, um, Palace, where would you say like you enjoyed the football the most? Where did you, aside from like how you were playing on the pitch and things, um, where would you say, look, I enjoyed it there most? Mm. No, there's, there's, like you said, there's so many places and clubs I've been at and um, I enjoyed quite a lot of them. Don't get me wrong, I had me ups and downs, but um, probably like Leicester, Hereford, Cambridge, mm. um, Uh, Brighton, do you know what I mean? So, th them clubs there that we had it where you could see me really excel and do really well, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But again, there's a flip side to it as well, do you know what I mean? There's you go to, you make decisions and you go to clubs and you have a bad time because you get promised things and sometimes it's not just their fault, my fault as well. Mm. Um, you get promised things and it's not kind of what it's saying and you don't deliver neither, do you know what I mean? So, it's just probably the way life is, but it's, it's a life skill as well. Do you know what I mean? It's taught me a lot. Massive. Yeah, massive. It's one thing I've realised when I um, when I stopped playing and when I started like working in, well, I work in an estate agents now. So I'm working with people on a day-to-day -day basis and I have to generate business for the company. So I'm meeting people who I've never spoken to before. And mm. I'm going into their houses or they're coming in the office and we're having conversations. And 
I, I draw on it all the time, like almost kind of on a weekly basis where in football, you're, you're obviously in that bubble and you're in that football environment and it, it's tough and you're playing and there's ups and downs. You're in the team, you're not in the team, you're injured, new manager comes in, different scenarios and whatever, new teammates. And it's all character building. And I've used so many skills from football um, mm. and I've brought them across into obviously what I'm doing now. Um, and it wasn't until after I like, retired that I realised that I had these skills. I mean, I knew I could speak to people um, and I knew I was, say, okay when it comes to like academic side of things and quite intelligent and whatever else. But in terms of delivering that, I, I didn't really know where I stood just because I'd never had to. Um, and again, you mentioned, obviously, all these clubs that you played for. That's helped you going forward. Um, what, what skills would you say you've, you've like, um, brought from the football side of things, the transferable skills to help you doing what you're doing now? Um, it, it took me a little while to like, come out of the transition, how to like, speak properly or to talk in a better, better way, do you know what I mean, or a different way. Um, it, um, I think the skills what it took me is obviously communication. Mm. That's um, massive. Um, you see different shapes, different bodies, different mindsets, different ways you speak to people and what have you. So different people being around different change rooms. Mm. Um, so it's like body language to me is massive. Do you know what I mean? Um, communication is massive. Um, mm. uh, being able to uh, have conversations. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's like changed a lot. Mm. Where when I first went into the game, I couldn't I couldn't really like speak that well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? To later on going from club to club, meeting different people, having different conversations, listening to older players who are around me and how yeah. they spoke and what they said. Mm. And you mentioned you mentioned a few clubs there where you said you enjoyed the most um, kind of you had your best time at. Was that because, or was it part of the reason because you were playing well on the pitch as well? Obviously, I know, obviously, when you're playing well on the pitch, normally you're enjoying yourself. But I do know sometimes that's not the case. So when you, were, when you say you enjoyed, when you mentioned those clubs and you said, look, I enjoyed my time most at these clubs, was it because you were playing well on the pitch or was it because you had things that were going on off the pitch that were working well for you? Yeah, I, I think... I, I think you're right. It's like a lot... Well, a bit of both, to be honest. Mm. Um, when you're playing well on the pitch then off the pitch is easy do you know what I mean mm. and because then you're, you're doing well you're not worried or upset or going home and taking a football home do you know what I mean mm. it's, everything's wrong but when it's done everything comes against you do you know what I mean so I think um, it's a good and bad times and trying to come out of your bad time mm. but when you're in your good time try and stay in, in as long as you can I see yeah it's a tough one, and I always say you need a thick skin um, in sport. I mean, I always draw on football just because obviously that's what I play. Uh, and there's so many highs and lows, and things can change in a split second. I mean, when you mm. joined Leicester, I think I was injured at the time. I, I tore my thigh. Um, and then, obviously, I was out for nine months. So, for me, my mm. body type and how I play and the position I played in, whenever I came back from injury, especially a long-term one, which I didn't have many of, it always took me a while to get back into the swing of things. So you probably didn't see the best of me when I was at Leicester. But yeah. prior to that, we had Martin O'Neill, who, for me, like he obviously yeah. made my debut. So that was massive. And that I was flying then. 
So that just goes to show how things can change. I mean, he left, no one was expecting him to leave. I certainly wasn't anyway. And then things just changed for me then. New manager came in, I think it was Peter Taylor, and then after that, Mickey Adams. And then yeah. it was just a whole lot of change and just the whole scenario for me just didn't work out. And again, that's timing, look, um, just didn't fit in. Or again, I wasn't really playing well, so I, I can't really complain from that perspective. But I wasn't really given a chance. Um, obviously, at Leicester, yeah. when you came in, we had made quite a lot of signings. So how did it feel for you when you came in? Because I think at that time it was you that came in, Adi Akinbae, uh, I think uh, Creswell came in, um, and a few other players. So you yeah. had competition for your place. And how did you feel? Because obviously you were still young at that stage. I think you were like 20, 21. That's right. I was only 20, 21. I, at first year, I can like, break in but slowly but surely because I know the big players what he's brought in or mm. because we had Paul Dickoff as well um, yeah. we had a bigger play, uh, big players who he brought in so I weren't expected to start straight away which is fair enough mm. but I, I, I weren't going to be happy just sitting on the bench neither do you yeah. know what I mean because I'm, mm. I'm that type of player I love to play football that's why I've gone that's why I've gone to so many clubs because people go oh Trev why you travelled so much you've got more clubs than Tiger Woods it doesn't matter I love <laughs> playing football so it didn't matter where I was and what have you as you can yeah. see I love playing football mm. Simple as you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah, it was. It was good, challenging, Mm. but as well as I I had a lot, lot of people to learn off. Mm. Yeah, we had a good bunch of players at Leicester, and I do remember you obviously going on loan and stuff. And I think you did the right thing. Obviously, you were still young. You had, like I said, a lot of competition. You was kind of, you weren't really in the team. You're on the fringes, and again, you were obviously aware of the scenario and the reasons why. Um, so to go on loan, I think that was a good step just because you could have easily stayed at Leicester, not playing, maybe playing once in every five games and having to play reserve games. Um, obviously, you signed from Cambridge. Mm. So at Cambridge, you were playing week in, week out. And I even remember before you signed, you were like, banging in goals. Fun. So to come from that high where you're probably first name on a team sheet, mm. then sign for a big club as in Leicester and then maybe not be playing, that can't be easy to take. So obviously, again, that's part of character, uh, resilience, things that you need in football, in life in general, um, to be able to cope with that. It must yeah. have been tough. Um, obviously, when you're at Leicester as well, you got into the England under-21 setup. So how did that feel when you obviously got called up for the first time? It's amazing. It's part but it was part of the plan or, or dream what I was having, do you know what I mean, to mm. my country. Uh, up there, all right, I'll get in the, into the football and bang in 20, 30 goals all season, do you know what I mean? And, and that's like season after season. Yeah. But I did like I did believe I'll get somewhere there, there and about, do you know what I mean? Mm. And the 21s was probably probably the, the best I got, which was fine. I was happy with that, do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, so I was over the moon, mate. It was like a dream come true, to be honest. Yeah, and then um, in terms of the squad, so who were who were you playing with in the twenty ones at that stage? We had Gerard Lampard, uh, Ferdinand, Defoe, Bolt Boothroyd. We had Joe Cole. We had no. Uh, we had a good team, mate. We had a, a good, good team. Team who, most of them went and played for the first team. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Ridiculous squad. I mean, you've named a handful of players there, and obviously they've gone on to have, I mean, amazing careers. That most of them are household names. Um, so yeah. uh, obviously to be called up and obviously uh, have a chance to play with those players and obviously represent your country obviously showed that you were doing something right at Leicester. I know you was anyway because I was there. But for the average layman or someone who may not be familiar with obviously your career. Um, sometimes people assume that if you're not a household name or if you're not well known or if you haven't played in the Premier League, you're probably not a good player. And as you know, that's not the case. I've met loads of players. I've played with players in like the lower leagues in England and some of them are ridiculous. Um, we all know the Jamie Vardy story. Oh, he was at, um, obviously uh, Fleetwood uh, and other teams. Uh, and now he's playing in the Premier League and obviously he's represented the country. So... We all know that it can happen. Um, and it's not like it was 30, 40 years ago where non-league players have just, they've only played non-league and that's how they've been brought up. It's not like that. Um, a lot of them have filtered down from uh, Premier League Championship mm-hmm. and the lower leagues now. It's a tough competitive league. Um, how did you find it when, obviously, when you went on loan and you're dropping down maybe a level or two levels, how did you find the difference in terms of standards? I think like in the Premier League and in League One, League Two, or whatever, you, you they offer more options in the Premier League, mm. and in and you get more you get more chances in the um, League One and League Two, but in the Premier League you get one or two chances and you've got to take it. That's Do you it. know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, when I made my debut, I was eighteen, um, and I'd had a period of time in the reserves. Mm. Obviously, I played it in the youth team, and I was still eligible to play in the youth team. Um, and I was flying at the time, made my debut against Newcastle at home uh, in the old Filbert Street. And when I came on, I just thought, because I was fast. Um, and when I came on, I just thought, this is a different level because everyone just seemed fast. Even players where you thought weren't fast, having watched them on TV and stuff. I'm playing against them and I'm like, they're just, everyone's just rapid. I actually felt quite slow. It just yeah. didn't feel right. Um, and mm. that, sometimes you can't capture that on TV. Like you don't realise how good or fast some of these no. players are. Um, especially now, it's moved on. This, I mean, we're looking at what 20 years ago. So it's moved on in terms of yeah. how um, athletic these players are. Um, in terms of training, mm. I remember obviously training with the first team at Leicester, and the standard every day was was high. Um, and then sometimes I go back with the reserves or the youth team and you could see the difference, obviously, in standard straight away. Um, and mm. I'm assuming that's the same for yourself, obviously, when you drop down. You mentioned, obviously, you get more chances in the lower leagues, which is true. Um, but in terms of, like, what about the coaching side of things? Did you find there was a big difference when you were dropping down in terms of coaching standards? No, I just think I think it was good coaching. It was just the individuals of like reading the game, or mm. people who want the ball, or people who hide who don't want the ball, or confidence is short or high or what. Do you know what I mean? So I just think it's not the coaching. Sometimes it's general, generally like the the team in in the different balance in like the the quality of the team. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. quite a bit of a vast range in League One, League Two, where in Premier League everyone's decent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think the higher you play, the more chance you've got to express yourselves. Um, when I was playing, like, say, at Leicester and even at Bournemouth, um, I think they were in League One at the time when I left. 
uh, left on assigned for them. Got more time on the pitch. There was more space. Um, obviously, the caliber of player in terms of kind of uh, know-how of the game and movement, it was a lot easier. Then you filter down the leagues, and it, it's quite hard. And it's it's easy to get roped into. Mm. I don't want to say like kick and rush or the long ball side of things, but it's that way inclined and you get swamped in it. And if you try yeah. and step out of it, if you're the mm. only one or if there's only one or two in the team that want to pass the ball or play, it's it's hard because everyone else isn't on that wavelength. So in the end, you become a player yeah. who is just immersed in that environment and it, you become a product of it, if that makes sense. And sometimes from the outside looking in, mm. people will say, well, you came from Leicester or you came from this club or that club and now you're playing here, but you're not shining. And it's hard to shine in those in those leagues just because the environment, the dressing rooms, the pitches, everything. Mm. I agree, mate. I agree. I totally agree because, like, I think in the Premier League, everyone's a bit braver. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Everyone wants the ball. Everyone's willing to have it in tight areas. Where mm. in the you go further down, no disrespect to players, it's just the way it is. And no one really offers you the options. No one really offers you, like, like, no one really wants it in tight areas because they're too scared to give it away and bitch being shout at the manager. Where mm. in the Premier League, if you give it away, they'll go and get it back or yeah, they'll win it back or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not a problem. Yeah, they won't be scared to do the same thing again. Um, one thing I always say as well, like in the lower leagues, I'm talking maybe like League Two uh, and obviously lower than that. Um, I wouldn't say players are selfish because you need that element anyway. It's part of the game. It's just natural. But I always think because everyone's competing to get to the mm. higher echelons of football, so they want to play in the Championship, Premier League, or whatever it may be, they become a lot more, I'd probably say, maybe less productive on the pitch. And I'll give you a scenario. Say in the Premier League, you're winning 1-0 or you're losing 1-0, and you're one-on-one with the keeper, and you've got an option to maybe square it to someone else to score. In the lower leagues, you'll probably take that and do it yourself or want to do it yourself to get on the score sheet to then maybe promote yourself to try and get a move elsewhere. Um, yeah. It's one of those, I've seen it a lot and sometimes I'd be in that mm. scenario as well where I'd want the ball so I could take the full back on and get a cross in or do whatever. And although that was part of my game, maybe if I was playing at a higher level, I'd be um, more reluctant to maybe get it and pass it or whatever. Or, or maybe... It just depends. I always think that because it's like a crab in a barrel situation almost in the lower leagues where everyone's trying to yeah. get out and, and go to the higher echelons of, of, their, of that sport, um, it's, it's always difficult because it's not like, it's like everyone's competing against each other, even though you're in the same team and they're teammates. Whereas when you go to, say, a championship or maybe a yeah. league, you've more or less made it in inverted commas. So you're more relaxed in terms of your ability um, and how you play on the pitch. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And it's just, I think the everyone's just confident further up. You go up, the more confident you get. I'm not saying you're not confident down there because you've mm. got to be confident to get to up there. Do you know what I mean? But I just think up there... And league championship in the Premier League, you just got to be confident in what they do and what they believe in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's 100% agree. And then, so uh, in terms of playing for Jamaica, so obviously now you've played for the 21s, and then what was it like playing for Jamaica? What was the thought process behind that? 
Yes, that again, that was amazing. Do you know what I mean? It was like to the repertory again. Do you know what I mean? It was um it was another dream come true. I never really thought about playing for Jamaica. I just mm. thought about playing for England. That was my um if I wanted to play for a country, but um kinda not the second best thing because it's not it's a privilege to do so. Mm. Um but playing for Jamaica is it was amazing. Um playing in front of 80, 90,000 people, amazing. But as well as representing my mum and my dad's heritage, it was yeah. like a, a good for them as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So was it two games you played for Jamaica? Yeah, I played two. Yeah, I played two games. And who were they against? There was um, Australia at home and Nigeria away. That was tough, that was. Yeah, decent team, Nigeria. Um, and obviously, um, when you played, like, so obviously I know certain players who played for Jamaica. Um, who, were, who was playing in the squad at that point? Do you, do you remember any players? Uh, we had, like, yeah, yeah, we had um, Ricardo Fuller, Ricardo Gardner, um, Kevisby. We had... Frank Sinclair, attack to be honest, because about five centre forwards, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> played for different teams, yeah, 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 all that attack, no defence. Yeah. Um, so we had some good players who were playing in Championship in the Premier League anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a high standard. And again, from the outside looking in, it's, a, it's easy to say, oh, well, it's, it's only Jamaica, small island and whatever else, but you mentioned a high calibre uh, amount of players there. Um, and I know for a fact, like previous squads, previous Jamaican squads, They've always had decent players and a sprinkling of like all championship and premiership players. Um, yeah. What What was it like for you, like growing up as a player? Were you always involved in sport? Um, like, how did you? Oh, yeah. We used to over our local field. We used to just play football. That mm. was it. Do you know what I mean? We, I did play a bit of basketball, a bit of cricket, a bit of tennis, whatever. But it was more so football. Where my older brothers I used to play with my older brothers, and they used to kick us all over the park. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they built, they built, they built a bit of um, strength and stability in, in us anyway. Do you know what I mean? Without us even knowing. Um, yeah. And me, me, me and my younger brother, we do it to our children now. We play games, but really you build stuff into them. Do you know mm. what I mean? So when they get older, they've already got it installed in them. Do you know what I mean? So we do that now, and um, we kind of ring each other and have conversations on what we do, and it works. Yeah, that's that's nice to hear because it's similar to my scenario where. You know, I'm small and I'm slight as well. Because sometimes you get small people who are like thick set and stocky, but that's not me. Mm. Uh, I'm 5'7". So mm. when I was younger, I'm talking 10, 11, I was tiny. I always looked yeah. at it as like, like, how can you be so small? I was, I was so small. But I was always fast and I was always good at sport, football, athletics or whatever. And luckily for me, where I lived, um, we had like a massive park behind us with like football pitches on and whatever. And back in the day, obviously, like, you know, you just have a ball. Someone's always got a ball in the street. Yeah. And you just go yeah. and play for, for hours. And I'd always play against like older kids. Mm. And when I say older, I'm talking like five, six, seven, sometimes 10 years older than me. And they'd always try and kick me because I was fast. And yeah. they would, sometimes they would kick me. Um, and it, that made me stronger. And at the time, I just. Definitely. I didn't know what was happening. I was just playing football with my mates. Um, mm. Obviously, when I started my football career, similar things would happen. People would look at me and think, oh, well, he's small. We've all heard it in the dressing room. Fast and quick, just kicking me, won't want to know. But 
that never used to happen to me. People used to kick me and I'd think, well, I've already won the battle because you've already seen that you've kicked me and it's not worked. Um, so it's funny to hear yeah. someone else saying the same thing. And I think from, from a parenting perspective, it's good to kind of instill that element in, in your child that obviously it's not always going to be easy. It's not going to be given to you on a plate. You do have to work for these things. Um, so at what stage then did you think, oh, well, I can make a career out of this? Was it people like coaches and things speaking to your parents or like speaking to you or was it fans or friends saying like you're actually... Yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. Yeah, no, when um, I was at um, Wellingborough Colts, just a local side back home, um, one of the coaches there kind of said, Trev, you, you're big, you're strong, what everyone was looking for at the time. Do you know what I mean? Uh, back then, everyone was like, big, have to be big and strong um, in the lower leagues as such. Do you know what I mean? And um, so he said, look, let's go to Cambridge. And we went to Cambridge, um, had, a, had a week's trial, it was good. Then like... Um, they wanted me back for another two weeks or something like that. So I, then I come back, went for another two weeks, and they offered me a, um, a YTS at the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And how did that feel knowing that you'd been offered something? Ah, oh, amazing again. Do you know what I mean? It was like it was time to think about changing like my family's lives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know at that stage it weren't you weren't making big monies, but it was like work progress towards the yeah obviously you saw like an opportunity in front of you uh, and obviously you thought well okay well here's, here's a chance and it's tough again for the average layman who's listening not everyone gets an opportunity to even find apprenticeship forms as we used to call it back in the day um, so many players I saw who used to play like county level and whatever Sunday league who were decent players and could play, but they never made that step up. Um, and then, so obviously you did, and you're playing in the youth team now. Um, what was it like for you in that environment? Were you always kind of prolific, or was that another learning curve? Were you one of the better? Nah. Nah, again, it was, a learn it was another learning curve. I was quite raw, to be honest, mm. when, when, when I was younger in there. But I was big, I was strong, I was prepared to like, go at everyone, do you know what I mean? And mm. I was prepared to work hard. That was that was part of my game, is working hard. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And for those of you that don't know, who maybe have never seen Trev, he's a perfect specimen for a footballer. Massive in height and massive in like body size as well. And rapid as well. So in terms of defending against you, because I came up against you a couple of times in training and that, it was just a nightmare, just because, just sheer strength and speed. And if you speak to any defenders, obviously I wasn't a defender, but if you speak to any defenders, that's one thing they, they fear is someone who's willing to run at them. And obviously you were willing to do that, but you were also strong as well. It's so just ridiculous. Mm. Um, so um, in terms of obviously, so you've, you've gone through the youth system and um, you obviously did really well. And then when it came to kind of, you had the sights on maybe making your first team debut. Like, what what was the process behind that? What what was this? What was the stage? Sorry, I didn't hear that. Sorry. Just saying. So obviously, we're at a point now where you you've gone through the youth system and you've done well, um, and then obviously 
you, you kind of got your sights on the first team. How did that feel and like what was it like uh, in terms of training and stuff? Oh, it was amazing. Like, like you, I, I made my debut at 16. So it was quite like <laughs> a, quite a quick transition. Yeah, it was yeah. quite, quite a, quick, a quick transition. Because I was, again, big, strong and looking head towards in the first time anyway in a round of reserves. They put me straight in the Wow. They put me straight in the first team. And um, I was kind of shocked, to be honest, because I didn't expect the call-up. Um, but yeah. I got it quite early. And when I did, it was um, a dream come true, mate. Mm. And that was at Cambridge? Yeah, that was at Cambridge at 16. Yeah. Jesus. Just be three days before my 17th birthday. That's, that's 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 amazing to be honest. Because I mean, sixteen. If you think of, if you look at any sixteen-year-olds nowadays, you probably think you're still a kid, and essentially you were. And then you've been thrust into, obviously, playing in a first-team environment. So you're up against men now, seasoned pros who have been playing for years, and you're playing at that level, which is obviously a lower league level. So it, it's proper men's football. So how did you find that? Um, I found it quite good, quite challenging because um, I was quite young, raw, fearless. Do you know what I mean? At the time, um, probably people could probably call me busy at the time, mm. but um, at at the time, I wanted to I wanted to impress a manager. Of course. No, I mean that's what it's about, and as you know, you have to look after yourself when you're playing football, especially. Um, and there's so many factors that can hinder your performance. You t- you t- literally touched on it. For those that don't know, like in football. When you say someone's busy, it means that they're trying to not be the teacher's pet, but they may go over and above board in terms of training or, or doing extra training or extra running. And it's easy for you to be susceptible to people's comments. And people may look at you and think, why are you doing that? And then it's easy for you to maybe fall into that trap of, okay, well, they don't want me to do it or they don't think it's something that I should be doing, so I'm not going to do it. Um, so again, I've been in that scenario where I've gone out and I've trained and I've done extra training and stuff. And I always had that in me where I just, even to this day, I, I don't really care what others think. And that's something that's, it's not easy to do because we all want people to like us, but sometimes mm. you can't please everyone. Nah. Um, so you mentioned there, so obviously you've gone into the first team, you've done really well. And as I mentioned at the start, I remember hearing you scoring literally every, every week. And it was at a stage where you didn't really get much non-league or lower league uh, information or, or kind of um, coverage on TV. Uh, but I remember hearing this, Trevor Benjamin scored again, and it's literally every week. And obviously at that stage, you're established in the Cambridge first team, and you're still really young. Um, but you obviously knew that clubs were watching. So what did it feel like when you went on the pitch knowing that people are watching you from other clubs, bigger clubs? Yeah, you know what I mean, it was amazing to like deal with that. Hold on, the work rate what I put in, the efforts what I put in, the time, the extra extra work what I put in after training, what people didn't see, mm. um, it, it's paying off. Mm. No, I understand. Um, and obviously, again, sometimes you can, like I said, I've heard this before and I've seen it many times. You can go either way. You've got clubs who are watching you. You get wind of it. Um, and it's added pressure naturally it's added pressure so you can go on the pitch and freeze mm. or you can capitalise on it and you can use it to your advantage and obviously you did the latter um, 
we mentioned before you played for loads of clubs, um, different various leagues, done really well. Um, when it came to kind of the latter stages of your career, what was the thought process when it came to retirement? Did you, we, we kind of touched on it earlier where you said you, you pre-planned it and you transitioned into doing what you're doing now, but was there any, was there like a trigger point where you thought, I really need to think about doing something else after the game? No, I always, because I always love football, I just love playing football. And I always think I was going to be there in longer than what I did. Do you know what I mean? I finished about 31, 32. Mm. So about eight years ago, 10 years ago. Um, so I finished about that time, but I didn't really, I still thought I could still be in there and around there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I think injuries, injuries prevent me. Do you know what I mean? So then yeah. I had to flip the switch and say, look, it's going to have to like, we're going to have to like sit down here and start really like thinking about life. Mm. And then did you get help from kind of family members, friends, people who you know have got their own businesses or maybe work somewhere else? Or did you get help from nah, involved in the game? No, nah, it was more so my wife. Do you know what I mean? She's like, she's probably had the business head on her. Do you know what I mean? Because she's worked for her uncle. Her uncle's got run businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. So my wife was really like, like had me back kind of thing to push me into the business side or, or start thinking about business side and what have you. And again, she tells me off when I'm, when I'm talking the football talk, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the one who puts me back in check to yeah. put, talk me, to teach me how to talk in a different surroundings, you know what I mean? So no, I understand. I get yeah. Told off about that. Yeah. Well, it's good that you had that support network. I mean, your wife who obviously you see on a daily basis um, and she sees you kind of, uh, for who you are and also what you are and obviously what you did beforehand um, and not everyone has that support um, in terms of family network or people around them um, do you think more can be done for, for athletes in terms of like maybe within the game transitioning out because when I was playing whenever anyone spoke about retirement it was always seen as a negative and that may be because the way the person asked the question or because someone's talking about it because they've got a long-term injury and they've been told they probably can't play again. But sometimes if people approach it differently, uh, whether it be inside a football or outside, if they approach it differently and maybe say, look, how do you see yourself helping people once you've finished playing rather than, oh, what are you going to do once you've finished playing? Do you think that would help? Oh, totally, mate. There's, there's so much more can be done. There's so much more that could be preparing beforehand in preparation for the, the end goal is that when you do retire I've got mm. something to work back into or fall back into or look forward to or what have you mm. where at the minute I don't know if they do it now or not or what have you but at the minute there's not really no one out there who's apart from yourself now what you're doing now and it's fantastic it's like mm. saying hold on a minute I'm looking out for other people here to say mm. what you're doing let's create something See if we can create something. What can we do? You, you've got more skills than what you really think and what you believe. Do you know what I mean? And what you know. That's it. And it's just bringing them skills out of individuals to like yeah. say, hold on a minute, I've got something in here, what I can really do and work with and produce. That's it. I mean, for me, I, I haven't got the answers. I know there's things that can be done um, in terms of finances and stuff. I don't know how to implement that because that's not my field. But in terms of like, 
when I speak to people, I always say you need to do what's right for you. So when I'm speaking to people like yourself and other athletes, I'm not here saying this is how I did it and that's the be all and end all. It's about speaking to people and understanding how they went about it. Um, and my main goal for speaking to people like uh, yourself is to make athletes, whether they be past or current athletes, and other, other people outside of sport aware that athletes do have transferable skills. So I don't think it gets, it doesn't get enough um, recognition. Um, I don't know whose fault that is. Um, again, when I was growing up and I was coming into the youth team set up and we used to have to go to college, but because I was at a level where I was kind of one of the better ones, I was told not to go. And for me, I just did what the coaches said. Um, and I always wanted to concentrate on football rather than study and play. That's just me. I, when I finished training, I wanted to either go in the gym, do some weights, and then go home and rest for the next day. I didn't want to go home and study and whatever else. And that's just me. Just because I didn't want to detract away from playing football, but that might not be right for someone else. I know players who I've played with or players who are still playing now or who in the past have gone to college or had a study uh, course at home, what, what they obviously did whilst at home, whilst still playing the game. Um, so it all depends. Um, but I do think that organisations out there, whether it be kind of in football, um, organisations who have obviously been in football for many years, could implement different strategies to get into players' mindset and make them aware that, yeah, we all know the game's not long, the career in sport, in football especially, is not long. We've all heard that many times, but how are you going to integrate that? Aside from saying, oh, yeah. the game's not long, uh, maybe think about another career, maybe approach it in a different way. Um, and again, there's ways to go about that, whether that be holding... Um, I don't know, classes at football clubs or whatever it may be, um, conversations with players. Again, it's an, another thing which is kind of running parallel to this is when you sign for a club, before you sign, you all have a physical medical. And obviously the medical, depending on where you're signing, how, many, how much money they've got in terms of obviously where they are in the echelons of football, depends on how stringent your uh, medical is. And for those that don't know, a medical is a physical examination of your body to make sure that you're fit and proper to play the game. But no one, from what I know, unless it's been implemented over the last couple of years, no one really um, has or has the, uh, the uh, infrastructure to have a medical test which tests the mind, so a psychological test. And I think within the next 10 years, maybe sooner, it's going to be just as important, if not more important, than the physical test. Because obviously, as we know, nowadays, people are coming out with um, kind of mental issues that they've been suffering with. Um, everything's readily available now. Everything's more um, in your face. Just because social media and society in general's improved when it comes to that side of things, especially in sport, for men anyway. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on those things? No, I totally agree. At first, I was like you. I didn't, I didn't have a plan of like, I'm going to do anything or going to... All I thought about is football. That's all mm -hmm. I was doing. Then, obviously, later on in the career, I thought about, obviously, I've got to do something about it because the money's not going to last forever. 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I need something to like look forward to. I need something to wake up to every morning mm. and not just wake up to nothing. Yeah. So then I then I thought about obviously creating the recreating the businesses, do you know what I mean? Mm. So um or doing something that you've got something to look forward to or or do something at the back of it. Mm. Um yeah, and I agree, there's gotta be there's gotta be something out there, more out there for individuals and players and and uh, to for them to kind of get hold of. Do you know what I mean? Because there's not not enough and yeah, people to speak up, people talk out now about mental health and fine and what have you. Mm. But they don't talk about much about what they're going to do after football. Do you know what oh. I mean? And and that that's like that's a massive thing. What they need to be doing is talking about what we're doing after football. Mm. Because yeah, I may have a, a lot of money, which is great, but mm. you may not have like the you may not have the change room uh, settings. You mm. may just have a setting what still what drag you into that depression or drag you into that oppression or yeah. drag you into that not knowing what to do with life or what your purpose is exactly it's easy to get dragged into that football bubble which luckily for me i never allowed myself to i always saw myself as me first and then the football was second it's up to other people mm. how they perceive you and in some ways that's out of your control um but mm. for me it was always danny thomas first and then football was second um and it's still the mm. same now um I think that helped me uh, make the transition into uh, what I'm doing now. Um, I think a lot of players, because they're in that bubble and they're in that lifestyle, regardless of whether you're at the top of the echelons of football in Premier League or in the bottom, which is non-league and beyond, sometimes you can get sucked into that and you don't want to step out of it for fear of people not ridiculing you, but maybe looking at you and thinking, well, you used to play football and now you're a plumber. Which, for me, a plumber, that's uh, that's an amazing um, industry to be in. Oh, um, I know a lot of plumbers, because I, I, I work in the property yeah. industry, and we deal with a lot of contractors, a lot of cleaning companies like what you've got, and I know how busy they are, yeah. inundated with work. Plumbers, again, they're inundated with work. So it's a good... It's a good um, trade to learn um, and that's just one example that I've used um, yeah. but it, it's easy to happen and people don't want to deal with having to answer those questions sometimes and I just think I don't understand why because essentially not many footballers are going to be able to retire and have enough finance behind them to maybe just relax and, and not do anything um, and even if you have to keep your mind active um, you're still probably going to want to do other things anyway. Now, to set up businesses, like you said, you touched on the finance yeah. side of things and you said you didn't have a clue. It's okay having millions, but you don't want to lose those millions through making bad financial um, errors. So you're going to need that understanding. You're going to have yeah. to probably go out and learn or learn from someone else. And you do need that willingness. It, it's easy to say, look, more needs to be done. Yeah, we all know that. But aside from more needing, needed from other organisations within the game or external, it needs to come from the players as well. And I keep saying players just because we're, we're talking about football because that's what we play. But in terms of that, athletes in general, it, it needs to come from them and they need to have that willingness to go forward and maybe look for another career or, or maybe speak mm. to someone and say, look, can you help me with my CV? Or can you help me get this interview? Or... How do I go about speaking to that person who runs that company? Um, you need to have that willingness. No one's gonna, no one's gonna do it for you. Very rare someone's gonna pick up the phone and say, "Look, I've got this opportunity." Unless you're 
one of the Premier League stars or something or played in the higher echelons of football in another country. Because obviously you're going to have that um, that backing just because of your, um, obviously you're at the higher echelons of football. So you're going to have that household name. You're going to have that uh, commercial side where everyone knows that you're more, um, you're going to you're going to have more of a brand rather than say me or you who played and no one really knows who we are. Um, and we see it all the time where someone retired from the Premier League and then before you know it, they're a commentator uh, for the Premier League coverage on TV. Um, and whilst that's a great opportunity for them, mm. um, just because of um, who they are and what they've achieved in the game, it's not always going to be like that for, for everyone else. Um, so for us, it, it's, it's a difficult mm. situation and you need to have that willingness and know-how to obviously go about having or forging a career after playing. Mm. It's a tough one. Um, and again, I'd love to have the answers and hopefully going forward, it's something that we probably won't be talking about as much. Um, but again, for me, it's just making former athletes, current athletes, organisations aware that we do have new transferable skills. Um, in terms of, obviously, you mentioned that you've got a cleaning company now. Um, and you, you've got like a coaching academy. Um, let people know where we can find you. Yeah, with the um, the football academy, um, it was um, locusfootball.com. We're just on there. We're in the northeast. Mm. Do a lot of coaching with kids. We we do a lot of progression. So we want to make sure they progress. Mm. Make sure we get the best as individuals um, as well as coach lo local teams as well do you know what I mean so everything's on local football anyway on there um, mm. so you can get all of us that way if you need us or whatever yeah, if you need advice anything we're there to help do you know what I mean because we know not just not just footballers people in life in general do you know what I mean need help mm. so it's not just about football it's like individuals life skills and, and want to become better in life do you know what I mean and find out your purpose in life do you know what I mean good stuff and then the cleaning company where, where can we find you yeah, with a, with a, it's a clean and maintenance company. With a maintenance company, we, we don't really advertise. We don't need to, to be honest. Mm. Um, we've been going 10 years now and 12 years wow. now, and it's like going fantastic. So we don't do advertising at all. Okay. Because um, we've got a good kind of name and backing about ourselves. Brilliant. That's good stuff, Trev. I mean, uh, once again, thanks for uh, joining me today. Thanks for your time. Um, and all I can say is obviously good luck going forward. Um, spread the word. Um, I'm going to keep obviously doing this as, as often as I can uh, just to get the message out there. Um, good luck with everything you're doing going forward. And obviously just try and keep in touch. Definitely DT, mate. Appreciate the call, mate. Thanks, mate, no for your time. No problem. All the best, mate. See you soon. All right, top man. Bye, bye, bye. 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 Bye.